New Zealand in 64 A hot-headed actor named Russell Crowe He loves to act, but he loves one thing more Fight round the world He fights his directors and he fights his fans It's a problem no one understands If there's two things he loves, it's fighting and Fight round the world Making movies, making music and fighting round the world Russell Crowe Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal Now Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Unhinged, a movie about a guy who gets mad offline. Now, in contrast... I have never been mad online. It's never happened. It's never going to happen. In fact, I'm fi- I'm actually laughing about the idea of me getting mad online. Have you guys ever been mad online? I'm uh I'm pretty mad right now that this Gerard Butler movie existed that I didn't know about. Unhinged. Sorry, what? Yes, that's the joke. Fucking dipshit. All right, good start, everyone. Let's get loose. Okay, yeah, our chemistry is doing great here. First episode with the group, doing great. <laughs> anyway, Chris just away. hasn't been the same since he watched that Hillary documentary and became a lib. <laughs> right. Sorry, we're okay. all a little stressed right now. All of our parents are in Nebraska right now waiting to find a way home. <laughs> okay, uh... Before we get into Unhinged, uh, Parker, uh, do we have any news? Man, uh, Chris, you might want to sit down for this. Oh, okay. Chris, as the person I know who's watched more Quibi than anyone else in the world, <laughs> I'm sad to announce it is shutting down. What are your oh, thoughts? Oh, no, not that. Um, you know, a lot of people are throwing their takes out there, and I kind of feel like I missed the Quibi hate bandwagon. I never really knew what it was until it was forced upon me. (laughs) And by the end of it, it didn't hurt enough for me to have any real feelings about it. But a lot of people got really, really mad at its existence and were taking a particular amount of joy in its demise. Uh, I'm sorry to say I don't have a lot of takes here. Alex, you're going to have to do this. What, do you think I know anything about Quippy, dude? I just saw they paid Kevin Hart a lot of money and thought it was funny. (laughs) It's more than I knew, I guess. You know, it's weird. It just kind of seems like something Joel would be upset about. Does anyone have Joel's number? That's well, a actually, question if I've ever heard one. Hey, Chris, you're excited about the new Justice League, right? What? You know, the that new Snyder Justice cut? League? You know, Snyder oh, that, cut, that, that exists and it's done. Right. It's totally done. It's ready. We're just waiting for those fucking cucks at Warner Brothers to release it. Also, Jared Leto's coming back as the Joker in a movie that's already done, question mark. Also, it costs $70 million in reshoots. <laughs> for, us, for a movie that's four hours long going to a streaming app that nobody uses. 
What's good job, Warner Brothers. You know what? I've come around. Good job, Zack Snyder. What an incredible con job. <laughs> Big Hollywood. Done. Yeah, everyone wants it. And then just, <laughs> uh, it's going to cost another $100 million to refilm four hours and render <laughs> all of it. The reshoots cost more than the original movie cost. Big Hollywood does not want you to see this movie. <laughs> Like, you have to respect the hustle at this point. Just like, there is no world in which he wrote a Justice, Justice League movie where was like, yeah, and then Jared Leto shows up. Like, who the <laughs> f- There's no way that fits in there, but just... With a fucking like, grill. <laughs> like, they're in the middle of making a new Suicide Squad without him, and just be like, yeah, nobody shows up here anyways. In the Justice League <laughs> movie, where all the heroes come together to fight an otherworldly menace, also Jared Leto's there for probably a scene. It's so uncalled for, but you know what? Fuck it. Well, (laughs) they have to bring back the fans' favorite characters, you know? Chris, he's the clown prince of crime. I hope he's not your jerk of the week again. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Parker, is this one going to be rated R, or is it going to be the mysterious unrated? Oh, God. I hope it's unrated. (laughs) I hope they say, like, two swears, like, dude, this is for adults, okay? This isn't your kids' Justice League. You can keep the cartoons. This is for adults. I wonder if the Joker, that damn bastard of crime, is going to say fuck twice. (laughs) Now that it's gone to four and a half hours, they were able to get the scene where Batman plays Call of Duty back in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of things that uh, Parker's going to enjoy watching, apparently the Lincoln Project is in talks to develop a fiction show that will be much of the same line as House of cards. Oh, I so hope the season's over by then. Fucking excited, dude. I, I just had a flash forward to the future, like fucking that's so Raven. It is not great. I, I see what's coming my way. I don't like it. My bird shows. Like I, so I kind of. Sorry. Oh, I, oh no, it was I, a segue I, to another one. You're fine. Oh okay. Uh, I mean, my thing is, I, I guess I can kind of see why people uh, like the Lincoln Project so much, because the Orange Man is in fact bad, but uh, really? What what kind of show would they develop? Would it be like the uh, the Krasenstein's book or something? Oh, could you imagine? Okay, people Trump, Donald Plump or something? I've been turned around. <laughs> I'll actually pledge my money and my time. Look, all I know is the last time I saw one of my good friends and good friend of this program, he was complaining to me that his very rich dad kept sending him Lincoln Project ads every day. (laughs) (laughs) I love Mr. Brody. (laughs) Same. Just gonna use his name, whatever. What's he gonna do? (laughs) Send me ads. He's the Joker of this podcast. That's how his cousin got the role. (laughs) this last thing like isn't even a real news story but i was doing a last second thing just to see if i missed anything and it like froze me in my place new children of the corn reboot is already in theaters two of them to be exact i I didn't know this was being filmed or written or made same (laughs) and it just exists is in two theaters in florida and it was written and directed by the writer of Equilibrium, ultraviolet, and law-abiding citizen. Fuck me. Oh, good. Ultraviolet. I wanted to think of that again. That exists. I don't know what to do with this information. I just want it to hang over your head for the rest of the year. Knowing that at some point, I'm going to open IP Torrents, see it, 
you better hope your teams did super great that week. <laughs> now, you said Children of the Corn remake is in theaters. And you said two of them, in fact. My first thought was, there's two Children of the Corn reboots? <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. But, it was like fucking unfriended Dark Web. There were two right, different versions. Yeah. <laughs> but also, yes, there are. But that's a different story. We'll what? get there another time, friends. <laughs> oh, there man. are so many. You know... Parker and I have kind of had a week where we've been going back and having like a nostalgia sort of view on things and be like, oh, if only I could go back to the era of Jinko jeans and playing N64 in my friend's basement with a pepperoni pizza and stuff like that. And you said there's another Children of the Corn coming out. It's like, that's the first sign that we're already going back. People are playing Tony Hawk and Spyro and Crash Bandicoot again. We might as well be back in the 90s, dude. Take me back, Lord. That's all I want to do. Just daydream all day. I was just waking up in Jinko's and my friend's blaring Papa Roach. <laughs> it was all just a dream, dude. We made it. It's okay. All and right. then I go to work. It's fine. A lot of people wear masks in Texas. It's fine. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess let's get into our jerks of the week. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. My jerk of the week is this Bobolinsky guy. I don't know if you heard about Bobolinsky, but uh, he was the guy who apparently was involved with Hunter Biden's laptop and stuff like that. I don't know why he's messing around with the Russians and laptops when he should be taking uh, care of his disabled wife. <laughs> I'm glad I let you finish because I was going to make the same joke. Right, right. I knew it. I was planning on it too. I was just like, I really like, I'm just going to run over him. Nobody. <laughs> you, th- you think this guy whose wife is hotter than Kim Kardashian would be much too busy to steal data? <laughs> also, like, can we talk about Hunter Biden's hog for like five seconds? Because Absolutely. holy fuck, dude! Oh, five minutes! If you what like. an incredible own to be like, hey, check out this embarrassing video of this guy's huge cock. Oh, boy. <laughs> you got me. So <laughs> that's why they call him a large adult son, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I, I love that I got to read somewhere on the internet an argument about how it was actually a shop because they wanted to give it credibility. Because, no, like, if he has a big dick, then everyone's going to believe it's real, and that's the reason he took the pictures. <laughs> Fucking man, you gotta get off, own, dude. You gotta get off QAnon, man. <laughs> I mean, I read an incredible theory as well of so, the picture of Mitch McConnell's ghoulish hands that look like he, like, drank from the wrong grail. Someone's like, those look like self-defense wounds. I bet someone got in the space <laughs> of a pushing for the nomination. Oh no, fucking Rand Paul's neighbor strikes again. <laughs> How do you, the self-defense weapons from his hand? Looks like he just blew up a stick of dynamite in his hand. <laughs> it looks like he tried to capture the Roadrunner and it went horrible. <laughs> it owns. We're all gonna fucking die, dude. <laughs> That's your self-defense. You just you just hold up a grenade and be like, she will be the nominee. Boom. Why is he Sean Connery now? Oh All man! Right, but this I time I will not drop the cake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tossed your cookies. It's it's just the the Yosemite Sam puzzle where he has to play the piano the right note. Dun, 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 dun. So, Parker, who is your jerk of the week? <laughs> I would like to read to you something that, verbatim that I read this morning. Okay. A ludicrous... Oh, I can't read. I'm so a sorry. Ludifus? I was drinking heavily. It's okay. it's okay. A ludicrously star-studded Time Warp cover featuring everyone from John Waters and Karen O to Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg urges America to jump to the left and vote out Trump. 
How do you guys feel about four more years of Trump? Because it's happening. <laughs> oh, man. That was what I read before I went to work today. I've been in a bad headspace. Well, Parker, that really pisses me off. I'm going to let you know that. But you said four more years of Trump. Would you like to put a movie bet on that? No. <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> man, Ooh. that sounds almost as bad as the original version of the Time Warp. <laughs> I don't... Oh, God, please don't make me compare them. <laughs> I don't think I don't I mean think you I are our resident expert on Rocky Horror. Yeah, you're the biggest fan here now that Alex is gone. I hate the things that have been designated on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to that. that. Just make fun of my voice instead. I don't want that. <laughs> oh, we will absolutely get to that. What? Okay, oh, so beans. oh beans. <laughs> Oh, as if you didn't know it was coming. Okay, so, uh, Alex, did you say your jerk of the week yet? I did not, buddy. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Now, I would like to state for the record before I announce my jerk of the week that we are recording at 2.34 a.m. on October 28th, 2020. My jerk of the week is myself because I got high and ate all the chocolate in our advent calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. Don't think too hard. Though, I feel How like. the fuck do you have an advent calendar? <laughs> Look, we were at Ikea, they had them in the checkout line, oh, they were like $3. You know, sometimes you just pick stuff up. It's like, I'm going to need this later, and I don't want to come back to Ikea, and well, I guess now we're going to have to go back to Ikea. I ate all my $3 chocolate, damn. <laughs> His ribbon candy. Which date? Was the point you're like, well, there's no return. I might as well just finish this. Well, look, we got it like three days ago, so <laughs> <laughs> you figure it out. Just as you look up and shit. realize, like, well, there's more empty ones than full ones. Oh, the magic no, of this no. is kind of gone. I might as well just no, no, no. That was not the thought process because, like, when you open one, you might as well open all twenty four. Oh, like, so this point, was well, yeah. You want to, yeah, yeah. Once no, it was, was just broken. like okay. Yeah, no, it, it it wasn't even, it was like a the mental calculus was 0 or 24. Okay, I was oh, wanting yeah. to know if it was a thing of like, we can just skip like the first day, it's fine. We can skip the first couple days and, but no, no, it's no, just, no, no. it was just like, you know what I here. want? <laughs> I want some chocolate, and this is the only chocolate I have, and you know what? I could just get another one. It's not a big deal. Okay, Alex, That's earmuffs. Fair. Parker, do we need to hook him on radishes? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my jerk of the week is myself because I ate all the radishes in my advent calendar. <laughs> is your jerk of the week Flyleaf your new favorite band? You I have wrote down fucking Flyleaf. Fly- yeah, that, I, that was one of the notes. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Sure yeah, alright. Let's talk about what we watched recently. The first one is a movie that was recommended by one of my good friends from work. His name is Tom Zeed. And he, he he told me what was I watching? I, I was I was watching some. I think I was watching the Hillary documentary. Actually, he's like, "Stop what you're watching right now." He's like, "How did he know?" And he's like, "You need <laughs> to watch The Boxer's Omen." I'm like, "Okay, what is this?" It's a Hong Kong movie, and uh, I'd just like to read you the plot summary on Wikipedia. A Hong Kong boxer gets in, gets himself involved in Buddhism and black magic while in Thailand to avenge his brother, crippled by a Thai boxer who's played by Bolo from Enter the Dragon, who is fighting dirty. He sees apparitions of a Buddhist monk who eventually reveals himself as his twin brother in a past life, but is now trapped in a state between life and death by the dark magic of a wizard. When his physical body decomposes, the boxer will die too. With no other choice, he is forced to become a monk and defeat the black magician to break the spell. Can I get that title again? 
That was called The Boxer's Omen. Okay. By all the I Shaw got Brothers. out of that was Dark Magician and getting Buddhism confused with Buttigieg. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the craziest, most wild movies I think I've ever seen. It reminds me of... Uh, do you remember when um, there was a whole there was a whole subgenre called Bruce exploitation? After Bruce Lee died, they were just like, "No, please, this is our catch cow." So they made a whole bunch of fake Bruce Lee movies, including one where he went to hell and fought Dracula. Um, which they sh- they showed a preview of that at the Alamo, and I immediately had to watch it. So there's all this bizarre. Does that also happen in the Hillary documentary? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> The Boxer's Omen, uh, very, very fun. It looks like one of the movies that you would see on Forgotten VCR, so uh, I would say check that one out. Uh, next one, why oh, this one? Okay, um, Alex, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I, I'm kind of going somewhere with this. Okay. I pleased the Manticore by watching Juno. And okay. Yeah, you said, "Hey, come over to my place. I've got it on DVD." I said, uh, "No, I'll just watch it here." And um, <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I asked, "Why do you have that on DVD?" And you said something to the effect of, "Consider everything you know about me, which is not very much, including me in 2007, which is like I know he likes super bad." That's all I know. Uh, that is uh, accurate. Yeah, you said something that uh, super bad was a pretty good representation of your time in high school. Um, quite the opposite for me. My life was not at all like super bad. Um, Must be nice. I, <laughs> I have fucking flashbacks to that scene of Michael Sarah playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> so I, I have to ask, what exactly compelled you to get Juno on DVD, or is it your girlfriend's? Um, no, this was my choice. I actually saw this at the movie theater with two of my dude friends because we were very into basically everything about the indie aesthetic at this point in time. So, you know, this kind of movie just gets rolled up into being a 16-year-old who listens to Belle and Sebastian. Like, what can you do, you know? Oh, God, you like the music in this shit? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I'm going to be as honest as I possibly can. This movie sort of occupies a headspace for me that's similar to... Um, Fatal Attraction. I think Fatal Attraction is an excellent movie, and I hate it and can never watch it again, mostly because of the themes that go on. Similarly, Juno is an alright movie. It's basically inoffensive, except for having only one person of color, and they use a stereotypical broken English accent for them. Great job! Fucking Diablo Cody, or Diego, or whatever it's called. Do you really think that Ellen Page and Michael Sarah would have black friends, dude? Come on. (laughs) It's gotta be, like, someone who lives in the fucking neighborhood or something, I would think. Anyway, um, that's a fair enough point, though. Diablo Cody, racist accent writer. Just, I want that on her her tombstone. Um, (laughs) Put it next to every other fucking director you watch, Chris. Oh, that, I mean, I mean, they're known for, like, at least a halfway decent movie. Diablo Cody's never written anything good. She is and always has been a very, very bad writer. And she's always going to be, too. I don't think she's capable of improving. I know so, what I'm assigning you next. Great, thank you. Uh, but uh, the real problem with this movie is the dialogue. The dialogue is so fucking bad. Every single person is is talking and acting like people have never talked. People say, oh, it just didn't age well, but that's how people talked in 2007. No, I remember 2007. People did not say honest to blog. People did not People did not regularly use the word shiznit. People didn't say stuff like this. Buddy, it's, do I have a YouTube channel for you, and it's called <laughs> Burger Collision. Thank you. <laughs> I used it's, a lot more slurs in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, we will. So, I mean, <laughs> other he knows other exactly what I mean. Other problems with uh, Juno. Um, you said, uh, "Let me know what you think of Michael Sarah." There's nothing to say. I, he gives a typical Michael Sarah performance, just kind of nebbish the entire time. Uh, doesn't really say or do much that I care about. The real problem here is Ellen Page's performance. You know, she got nominated for an Oscar for this performance. This. Of all things, she's awful. I have never seen an actress look so uncomfortable with her own dialogue. She does not want to say the things that she's saying in this. She doesn't want to make the faces that she's making. Least of all, she doesn't want to carry around that belly. Like, Jennifer Garner does all right, I guess. Uh, Jason Bateman, I guess, is the guy who's all right in here. The only two who I thought did an actual really good job, and they're the ones who are really the same graces of the movie, are J.K. Simmons, who's, I guess, just good in everything he does. Correct. And Allison Janney, who does a really good job. But, She's also good in everything she does, except correct, for whatever yeah. that sitcom is where she has to make Rick and Morty jokes that we don't talk about. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't even know about that. Uh, I mean, I've seen uh, every single episode, can't decide it. So, the... Uh, <laughs> That's kind of what Juno does to me. I can't believe that people looked at this as like a good movie. I remember when it came out and everyone liked it. Everyone was like demanding that I watch it. And it kind of had the Rick and Morty effect. It was like, you know, what? the uh, fans are getting kind of insufferable. I'm not going to go see this. I, uh, I I just didn't really have any desire to. And thus the Manticore is pleased by my sacrifice. Overall, it was extremely unpleasant to watch. I really did not have a good time with this. In fact... I had a worse time watching this than I did watching the four and a half hour Hillary Clinton Hulu documentary. <laughs> really? You're going to say Juno was worse than that? <laughs> Clearly less... there were no hipsters in Poolsville. It was less pleasant for me. Uh, I re- really? It, it was not pleasant. Also, yeah, talk about the music. You like that music? Really? I'm going to be honest. Chris, Fucking I own this on DVD. Sarah. I have also never watched this on DVD. It's just one of those things that I acquired at some point in my life and now sits on my shelf collecting just, dust. Just donate it to an orphanage or something. I've seen this movie one time and it was in theaters. <laughs> like, now that I've thought about it, I'm like, yeah, no, I've never watched this DVD. It's just sitting there. So I was supposed to come to your house, help you find it off a shelf. <laughs> like put it oh, I know there. where all my DVDs are because they've been packed in the same bag for the past six moves because who watches DVDs anymore? Right. Just thinking about you two just lovingly tearing the shrink wrap off like, oh, it's a great <laughs> afternoon. Parker, have you ever seen Juno? Uh, <laughs> no. There's no way that Parker watched this movie when it came out, knowing what I know that. about Parker in 2007 yeah, I know. or so. I mean, yeah, I oh, was aggressively. <laughs> that movie? But with everything. You know what? Okay, I want to emphasize something else before I get into Hillary Clinton four and a half hour Hulu documentary. Is that... <laughs> The screenplay, apparently, before it won awards, I I think it won the Oscar for Best uh, Screenplay, which is just depressing. Everyone who read the screenplay was like, yeah, this is great. I can't wait to make this movie, which is the ultimate example of people reading something being like, ah, yes, this will be hip for the kids. It will be dope to the max. Extreme, dude. You know, trying to connect with their younger... I think J.K. Simmons is actually one of the flaws here. He actually read this like he would drop his salary just to make the movie. That is so unfortunate. That is not a good script. That wasn't good back in 2007 either. If you like Juno, I'm going to tell you this as honestly and as brutally as I can. You got really bad taste in movies. It checks out. But like, clearly it panned out like he didn't like it, but also it got tons of success everywhere. Yeah. Maybe it was the right move to not take as much money. I guess that's like the the most He's got Spider-Man money. He's fine. And again, it's like, it's basically inoffensive, you know? It's got a pretty decent message about like, 
um, something. I don't know what. Juno attention. feels like a movie I downloaded like five years later and that she never got around to. Right. Okay. Like, hey, yeah. I remember a lot of people talking like this, and she's gonna go like, "I'm just gonna watch that new Rambo again and go to sleep." Yeah. That's... <laughs> that seems like uh, what uh, 2012 Parker would do. Well, also, self pleasure and crying. Okay. Speaking of abject murder, the four and a half hour Hillary Clinton <laughs> Hulu documentary. Um. You know, in any other world, this would have hurt a lot, and I do despise the subject and the documentary itself, which was very clearly made by Hillary Clinton fanboys and fangirls, but uh, I, I guess I didn't really have that bad of a time. I guess it was a pretty good hate watch. It was kind of funny seeing Robbie Mook the entire time. Nice to finally see what this guy <laughs> looks like and hear his voice. As I, I guess besides Dean Blandino, no one has been more accurately named than Robbie Mook. <laughs> Hey, you thought you had that one too when I pulled Dean Blandino out. Right, yeah. <laughs> How do you hire someone named Robbie Mook? <laughs> to run the entire campaign. Now, my central takeaway is that Huma Abedin deserves so much better than this. That poor woman is a really brilliant career c- campaign manager. And she works Huma for. Huma said they're going to beat them, Saints. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Huma Abedin works for Hillary and is married to Anthony Weiner. This woman gets no rest. Uh, it's a shame oh, because she should very clearly be running the entire campaign, but instead they had Robbie Mook run it. <laughs> Why? I have no idea. It it's really doesn't of the make stuff on the laptop. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's there's a whole bunch of problems with this, and the the typical problem is Hillary, who is just extremely dishonest throughout the entire movie very clearly appears to hate bernie sanders more than she hates donald trump like by a lot uh, but i think the thing that i came away from this is that bill and hillary are just such dull uninteresting people for people who have been in the white house in control for so many years they're really boring especially bill i i want to get this like really clear because you get like hillary's life as a young college student standing up against sexism okay sure fine i guess it matters to someone but bill is so boring (laughs) (laughs) none of our listeners don't worry about it yeah (laughs) yeah but like Sorry. Okay. That really got me. <laughs> Bill is so dull. Bill is so boring. For a guy who's been president two consecutive terms, who got caught getting a blowjob in the White House, the man's really boring. I don't know what anyone ever saw in this guy. I don't know how this bumpkin ever got to be leader of the free world. He never had a really decent idea. He, he just, Chris I buddy. guess he sort of came in at the right time, but what is it? That's what they want you to think. <laughs> yeah it's not what you know it's who you know and, uh, yeah well <laughs> well that reminds me john podesta does get interviewed in this and at one point he says ah then they found my emails <laughs> and i'm like oh no <laughs> oh Pause. no i have misplaced my emails <laughs> you ever it's... think about the fact that tom DeLong left blink 182 to hang out with john podesta and look for aliens because i think about it <laughs> once a week <laughs> coolest thing that's ever happened i think the thing that really bothers me is hillary uh i think she leads off the documentary someone asked her off screen uh why do so many people think you're inauthentic and uh she says i don't know why so many people think i'm inauthentic doing that fake southern voice that she developed in 1992 uh 
And then it plays this girl power rock song as it shows the intro credits and stuff like that. She uh, pulls the hot sauce out of her purse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one also had Flyleaf? <laughs> no, Flyleaf is... I, I said rock, not Flyleaf. There's a big difference. But uh, it, at some point, Hillary, I think it's towards the opening, actually says, considering everything that I've been through and to still be standing, it's like and several people in the document back her up that she has been more vilified than any other woman in history. Okay, please get over yourself. <laughs> After she said that, did they play the clip of her passing out in the middle of September? <laughs> on September 11th, never No, they never, they never addressed that one. But what they do address is several scandals. I'm like, okay, that's probably a good thing. You, It'd be like making a documentary about Bill Belichick and not mentioning Spygate. You kind of have to mention it. Everyone knows it. If you didn't mention it, it'd be like the big specter hanging over the whole thing. So they mention uh, Whitewater, Filegate, Travelgate, Funnygate, all the other stuff. And her response to and the losing the election to Donald Trump thing that you may have heard about. Seems important. <laughs> uh, every single time something went wrong, Hillary's response is, uh, that was a huge mistake. That's my fault. I shouldn't have listened to the advisor who told me to do that. <laughs> it's Hell an yeah. immediate passing of the buck. Look, when you spend that much time harvesting the blood of children, like, you know, you just gotta delegate some things. You're not wrong. She's in that fucking stasis chamber that Darth Vader sleeps in. She's busy. <laughs> Darth Vader and LeBron. <laughs> I think one of the more embarrassing things is people saying, you know, behind the camera, she's actually really funny. No, she's not. Also, they showed her, like, the behind-the-scenes rehearsing for Saturday Night Live with Kate McKinnon, who's dressed as Hillary Turns oh. out, uh, Kate McKinnon will laugh at anything. <laughs> I, I, Hillary's fucking reading the funny. script. She's like, Donald Trump, isn't he that big jerk who says, we're gonna make America great again? And Kate McKinnon's laughing so hard she's on the floor. She thinks that's the funniest thing she's ever heard in the world. I can only imagine what she was like on the set of Ghostbusters. <laughs> How often do you have the intrusive thought of her dress as Hillary singing Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah after he died? Oh, that's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. I, I think that's... It's not quite as embarrassing as her just dressing up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. <laughs> in the crowd? I remember, she's in the not crowd. Not wearing and I just, a mask. Right, that's... Okay, so there's that too, but also I kept thinking about it, it's like... That's so mean. Why would you just... There's no joke. It's just like we dressed her up in a, as that funny old lady. <laughs> With a doily around her neck. There's no fucking joke there. It's Saturday Night Live. Where's the comedy? Man, Juggle some it's, fucking it's bowling so pins. It's so cool that I know so little about Saturday Night Live that the whole time I thought you were talking about them dressing Hillary Clinton up like Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> and putting her in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> this is way funnier. <laughs> That's gonna keep okay. me. Is there, <laughs> is there anything else to say about the Hillary Clinton documentary? Um, I, I did think it was a little bit funny. Where I don't know if you guys remember, it, it wasn't the biggest news of that night, but Hillary for a long time refused to concede, and Barack called her up. And was like, hey, uh, you gonna concede? Because um, you should probably concede. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm not gonna concede until the morning. At least I want to wait for all the votes. He's like, look, I have to call Donald. 
All right, just <laughs> just just put the knife An down. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so they never actually addressed her going off into the forest. So I can only assume that she was with John Podesta looking for Bigfoot, which is our racket. Chris, don't worry, that will be addressed in the Showtime reboot of Dexter. (laughs) Please, no, no. no, no, no. I am not going to believe that until Rachel Maddow announces it. (laughs) Chris, buddy, last question on the Hillary documentary. Have you seen the Anthony Weiner documentary? No. It's actually extremely good. I might okay. assign it to actually, you at some point. God, is that sure. the one where, like, literally just in the middle of the documentary, more of it leaks? Yes. <laughs> that one's so fucking he's good, in, dude. He's in the middle of, like, running for mayor of New York City, and then more shit comes out. It's it's real fucking good. Dude, it's, it's like, it. it's an incredible fucking documentary, because it, like, does not wear gloves at all. It's, how, how long is it? It's, like, standard documentary length. It's not, okay. you right. know, that... Alright, I might actually consider checking it out, and not just for Huma Abedin. In the meantime, Alex... While well, it's fresh in your memory. <laughs> in the meantime, Alex, I hope you Pokemon go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, yum, next... Yum, yum, I can get through the next few of these ones uh, pretty quickly, uh, considering I usually take too much time on this. Parker, I finally watched the American remake of The Ring, and the way that I usually talk about remakes is, if you can't do it better, why do it at all? And the American remake is not better than Ringo. It is just basically identical to Ringo. It is basically the same movie. And if I'm going to watch the exact same movie, I think I'd rather watch the Japanese one. Um, there is really isn't a whole lot that either one does uh, tremendously better or worse than the other. I guess maybe one positive I would go with here is in the American remake, the video that they watch is a little more coherent. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's better, but it's a little bit creepier uh, because some of the images, they make a little bit more sense, I guess. And I'll tell you what, one one big positive. If I were to give like a lot of credit to this, it's to Rick Baker's makeup because it's and it's not the, the one for Samara, the girl with the curse and the psychic and the bullshit. <laughs> it's actually for the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> I just imagine he did the fucking truth or dare smile that came out of his mouth. The contortion that must have required. I turned away really quickly. The the real positive here is Rick Baker's makeup for the two corpses, both um, Naomi Watts' ex-husband and that girl at the very beginning of the movie. It's a really creepy face that you only see for a split second. But that split second, it is the one thing you remember throughout the entire movie. It is important that you remember it, that it be scary enough to carry you for the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is not scary. People kept telling me, whenever The Ring or Ringo or whatever, whenever either one of those came out, everyone was telling me, oh, those movies are so scary. That is not true. I understand people have different tastes. People are scared by different things. Those movies are not scary. What comes after is scary. When you turn that movie off and you think about it, that's what's scary. The idea that I watch this creepy videotape and then a phone rings and I die in seven days. That's what's scary. But for most of the movie, they're just investigating things. Nothing scary happens, you know? Like, Brian Cox electrocuting himself in the bathtub (laughs) is not scary. It is incredibly funny. There's a horse suicide in that movie. Oh, that horse suicide, man. It must have been the fucking horse from War Horse after he found out he didn't win the Oscar. (laughs) What I found with most people is people who watched that around when it came out, it stuck with them, and people who came in, you know, like you did, 15 years later, is like, 
well, I've seen 400 other movies also do this with the exact same tinting and the same color scheme and the same everything. Well, but like everyone I know that like saw it back then. I mean, especially if you were a teenager, right, that right, fucking yeah. jump scare of her in that closet ruined my fucking night when I was a teenager. I wouldn't even call it like a jump scare. It's like a it, so it's kind of different from the original one because in the original one she makes a similar face. In this one, it's like even scarier because like they do things with the skin. In the original one, her eyes are just kind of turned up and she's making that scary like thing with the mouth and stuff like this. In this one, the makeup's like a lot better. It seems to have a better effect. I don't know if this won an award, but it probably should have just for that brief makeup. Um, I guess the I prefer the original one because it has that thwack when she gets hit on the head and knocked down the well. That was that still makes me laugh. Like watching it when it was brand new and no one it hadn't been parodied a hundred million times. Mm-hmm. When you don't know that she can leave that TV and that scene happens, oh buddy, yeah. I had a sleepover with all my little fat yeti friends, and you think the movie's over and the kid's just like, what? Well, no, why'd you do that? You helped her, and then she comes out of that TV. Slept with many a light on that night. We <laughs> yeah. were too grown to be that scared, too. Yeah, I can I can see that, and I can defend <laughs> it. And uh, I'll, I'll put it to you in a different way. You say that I've seen like 4,800 of these other movies. I have, and that's what kind of makes me appreciate this, is compared to everything else that I've watched in this stupid fucking list, this is a masterpiece. Like, the, the lighting and just the fact that the characters are interesting. I want to know more about, I hope that the main character lives. And she's not even particularly well characterized, but it's like, I, I hope she lives. I want to know more about the mystery. I want to know why this happened, even though I already saw the original version. I know what happened with it. I don't know why they added the horses. Make it more American or something? It's the horse thing? Brian to find the bombs. <laughs> oh, Samara knows these are American horses. Yeah. We gotta get out of here. Fucking, at least it wasn't spirit. Don't watch The Ring too, by the way. I hope that's not on the list. Okay. I cannot believe they got her back for that piece of shit. God damn. All right. Uh, the, this is the last one I'm going to talk about. The other ones on here aren't very uh, interesting. I watched The Fortune Cookie, uh, which is a movie that our good friend Repick posted about in Discord. He says, I don't have anyone else to talk about uh, for black and white movies. And I said, okay, tell you what, I'll check it out. It's directed by Billy Wilder, one of the great directors of Hollywood. And it's got Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon in their first pairing before The Odd Couple and uh, everything else that came out afterwards. The Fortune Cookie is one of the funniest movies I think I've ever seen. That was hysterical. The basic premise is that Jack Lemmon is a photographer for like CBS and he's at a Cleveland Browns game. And he gets fucking trucked by a guy who uh, <laughs> who steps out of bounds. Same thing actually happened to Stephanie Stratus. And uh, he he gets knocked over like the, the tarp and he uh, bonks his head on the ground. So he gets a mild concussion. His brother is Walter Math or his brother-in-law is Walter Mathau, who is an ambulance chaser. It's like, ah, actually, I think your neck's a little bit sore and your fingers and your leg are numb on that side. Seems like you have a spinal fracture and he knows that he can uh, get like $250,000 out of this if he just sues everyone involved. And Jack Lemmon has to fake an injury. And it's actually really, really nice. I, uh, I laughed a lot and I had a really good time and I would actually recommend it to everyone. Black and white, you say? Yeah, I can't do it. Sorry. Uh, Cleveland Browns, you say? I've been burned <laughs> once by draft day. So, Have you been burned once? I think I was the one who got burned by that one. I thought you enjoyed that. That's why you assigned it to us, right? <laughs> Look, don't oh, take so my said bit. Billy Wilder, how hard did you clinch up instinctively? I didn't say a word. It's fine. It's fine. 
I believe right. myself. I was a good little Pepe. So, Alex, what did you watch this week? <laughs> All right. Um, Parker, you want to do the Borat thing now or later? Oh, we can do it now. All right. So I assume you also rewatched the first one? Absolutely. I had not watched it since the year it came out. This is probably the fourth time on this podcast that I've gone out of my way to point out the fact that Borat holds up. Mm-hmm. But guys, yeah, was, Borat holds up. <laughs> even after you saying that, I was still like, oh, that's a lot funnier than I remember. What I didn't remember was those frat dudes on the bus. Holy Jesus Christ. <laughs> those guys have some dark energy about them. <laughs> didn't they, like, didn't they, like, sue him after that came out? They sure did, because they got yeah. kicked out of school. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you can't just get the dead serious. Go, no, dude, like, we're trying to get slaves back. Like, fucking what? Yeah, you got kicked off campus, dude. <laughs> Look. We don't need to go over joke after joke in a movie that came out in 2006, although but. most of them are worth it. But I will say, oh, excuse me, I will say it's one of those movies that uh, every time you rewatch it, there's another joke that you had just completely forgotten about. And when he's sitting at that fancy dinner talking to the retired guy and then turns to the dinner host and says, it's so nice of you to let the retard sit at the dinner table. <laughs> it absolutely fucking destroyed me. <laughs> I don't know I why, out of everything, for like a minute, <laughs> out of everything in that movie, the thing that stuck with me most is the two second clip of them disco dancing. <laughs> the way they just shimmy and bump chests yeah. really cracks me up. <laughs> no, it I is had a great time with it. It is of its time. There are a lot of jokes that would not be told today, although thankfully and are not told today in the sequel. <laughs> thankfully, to the movie's credit, a surprising lack of f slurs. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah you know, they'd be surprising. I was very nervous, like, alright, let's see. Like, there's things, it's like, yeah, this is bad taste, but the running of the Jew is incredibly <laughs> funny. I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> she lays the Jew egg. <laughs> it is so goddamn funny. And just, like, watching... Throwing the- dollars at a cockroach is real funny. <laughs> Sorry. It is, like... It's one of those things that I, like, am incapable of apologizing for laughing at. They're really, really good fucking bits. <laughs> like, all taste aside, they're just really fucking stupid in the best possible way. <laughs> it's really fucking good. It's... I was, like, I've, even with you saying multiple times how good it is, there's always been a part of me that's like, man, I, it's, that was everywhere. Like, I don't know if I can go back and... It had been so long, I'd forgotten so much of it outside of the shit that's been quoted now, ironically, at this point, for a decade. Right. It was, man, it was nice. It was very good. How do we feel about the sequel? I'm curious. So here's the thing about the sequel. I wish that I didn't watch the old one immediately before it. Same. Because the old one is so much better. Like, this one is good. It's It's good. Like, it's a lot harder to do this character in 2020 than it is in 2006. And it shows. And to the movie, to its credit, like attempts to address this in some of the scenes. But also, there's some really good shit in there. Yeah. Like, it's it's not the same. It's not as irreverent. And I think the irreverence is part of what makes the first one so special. But also, he dresses up like a Jew with a long nose and bat wings. And he keeps asking some lady in a synagogue if she's trying to poison him. There was definitely a moment where I had the like coherent thought of, like, 
I haven't laughed in a while. We kind of stopped jokes for a bit here. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it's, it's, it has, like, an actual through line and, like, actually tries to have a plot more than he wants to see Pamela Anderson. Which, you know, don't get me wrong, it's a good plot. But there was that moment of, like, huh, we kind of... But that happens with a lot of comedies. You hit that point and you're like the third act. You're like, all right, let's... I understand we have to get from point A to point B, but let's go back to the fax machine guy. I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> that guy is a trooper. <laughs> really is. They will execute you. And then he put a frowny face. <laughs> <laughs> that guy rules. That guy's just getting through it. Also, like, is that, like the best looking trump con- costume that you've ever seen it's fucking it- incredible dude <laughs> dude who the fuck made that like, honest to god is that rick baker <laughs> that guy deserves an oscar whoever it is it is insane <laughs> like the most upsetting thing i've seen all year i've done nothing but watch horror movies all year just the shit people were saying at that rally and knowing that they said it and there's like hey cool this is gonna be in a movie and then be like oh fuck yeah let me sign off on that <laughs> we're fucked dude that is bone chilling that and the entire Giuliani scene is the most tense I've been all year so can, I... you t- can we talk a little bit more about the Giuliani thing I haven't seen yes. uh, Borat 2 yet I'm a little bit interested because I've heard two things about this the first was the big news that he tried to get with this underage girl or something like that then I hear that A she's not underage and B he was just laying back on the bed and tucking his pants like he's a little kid getting ready to go to church and putting on his fancy clothes. Look, it's, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how much I dislike movie trailers. Mm-hmm. And finding out about this like three days before I watched the movie like really took all the air out of that scene for me. Oh. But also, it's a scene that's basically exactly as advertised if you read, you know, the articles that are like, ah, this thing happens in the Borat movie and not the retweets of them so mm-hmm. it it was really disappointing to find out like oh this is like the big ending oops yeah but also that thing leaking when it turned me from like oh this is me bored i might check it out to like hey i'm gonna make plans to watch that this weekend Correct. immediately right yeah like That's incredibly right, also yeah. incredibly effective hook like no no blame on them for you know letting that slip but also like if i didn't know that was coming and i were watching this movie <clears throat> I would have been a pig and shit. Like, right, yeah. And there was definitely the feeling I got a couple times of like, man, I really wish I was in a theater right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. filling with people. I, you just want the energy for a movie like this. But then so again, lovely. now that we know that who Borat is and what Borat does in this entire thing, you're not going to have the same theater experience that you did for Borat that you did back in 2006. I think a bunch of like-minded people dying laughing <laughs> the horrible shit that happens okay it's good actually i mean it's, it's probably gonna be good yeah. It. yeah yeah there's yeah. something gonna be good about it too but like <laughs> alex did you i'm trying to remember were you the one who mentioned that the first time you saw Borat in theaters that he had like a couple walk out what what scene did they walk out at that was bruno and oh, it was the meat spin scene oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> all right man i watched bruno once that is one i feel like will probably not Shit. hold up i was I, going I to assign to bruno <laughs> i'm gonna hold on to my good experience with that yeah yeah i mean my experience with it was again a theater experience and therefore good but like if i watched yeah. that at home by myself i yeah. never would have thought about it again right exactly. the only things i remember are the meat spin part and ron paul being prominently featured during that time period when it was so fun to make ron paul jokes so right yeah <laughs> I don't think I would have laughed as hard at Mr. Megorium's Vondabaugh Emporium if I was at home watching on my laptop. But I was in a crowded room, so everyone had exactly. a good time. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, there's no point to go back to that. We're fine. No one's mentioned that movie in a decade. There's probably a reason. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> now, I watched a third Sasha Baron Cohen movie this week. Oh, because no. my good friend Parker assigned me The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, that's right. Aaron good Sorkin. did. That did come out, didn't it? So, like, for the sake of the crank of the game of games, you would have been much better off assigning this to Chris, because I am well on the record of actually liking Aaron Sorkin. So, oh, this was a liar's hell situation for this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's a two-hour movie with a lot of talking and a lot of you know swelling music while people say owns in a courtroom. Like, oh, you yes. already know before going in whether or not you're gonna like this movie or not. So like, yeah, I, I there's not really that much I can say about it. Like, it worked for me as all of his stuff works for me because I just very much enjoy the way that he writes movies. And, like, this movie, I would say 80% of it takes place in the courtroom. And I haven't really watched, like, a good throwback courtroom movie in a while. And so that was really nice. I very much enjoyed that experience. But also, like, you know, it's Aaron Sorkin. His politics are well known at this point. (laughs) He He has characters who were ostensibly revolutionary saying things that sound like you could hear them from, like, any, you know freshman member of the house of representatives so she gotta get out there and vote you guys it's, right I mean, yeah look it, it is what it is like I, the man is really really good at writing a specific kind of dialogue that is extremely my shit so whatever it's fine going further down my backlog of things that uh, i was assigned i watched a movie that i according to these notes assigned myself called without a paddle Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was off uh, you and came back to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that was like, oh, that was early. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That feels like five years ago. Oh my god, (laughs) I'm, I just, I want, I want it to be known that I'm working my way down the list. I appreciate. Here's what I have to, here's what I have to say about without a paddle. It was fine. Yeah, that's pretty much my takeaway as well. That's that's what I expected. I, I I think most of my enjoyment from the movie came from going like, hey, remember when Dax Shepard was a thing? Yeah. I like Seth Man. Green. It's, I have feelings about Seth Green. Turns out he's really short, especially next to uh, uh, oh, who's the lead actor? I forgot his name already. Oh fuck! I actually am blanking on his name too. Oh no, Parker! You know the guy who plays Shaggy. Oh fucking yes. Matthew! Yeah, Lillard. yeah, yeah. Matthew Lillard. The other guy? So yeah, they have Matthew Lillard next to Seth Green. <laughs> One of I don't understand. Eight feet tall. One of them's two feet tall. Look, I don't understand how or why this movie exists, but the bear that's in this movie is the same bear from Into the Grizzly Maze, so thanks, IMDb. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat guest. <laughs> Welcome back, bear. Well, well, so this is Bart the Bear Jr., because Bart the Bear Sr., who was in movies such as The Edge. Which, if you <laughs> It was The seen, Edge! <laughs> buddy. <laughs> need you to check out Anthony Hopkins and his two lesser men. Stranded in the woods. I'm intimately aware of the edge. Yeah. (laughs) It was mentioned in Frisky Dingo, so we have to know about it. (laughs) Ah, I see now. Yeah. It's Um, a meme movie. What else do I I have on here? Oh, the only other thing was um, I rewatched a movie that is probably in my top 10 favorite movies ever called Up in the Air. Oh, is that the the George Clooney one? The George Clooney one, yes. I have not seen the. I want to. It is genuinely like. 
one of like like it was a movie that i saw for the first time and texted the people that i knew who were really into movies at the time be like yo have you seen this like please watch it tonight and like actually managed to convene a group text about like people that hadn't seen this movie that when i watched it for the first time in like 2014 or so and like the second time i feel like knowing what's coming in it it's slightly less effective if for no other reason than like the ending of that movie completely gutted me the first time i saw it but man that movie's really fucking good and just like as you're watching the opening credits and realizing you know every single name in this movie even the people that are in it for about 30 seconds it's like holy shit how did they get this cast together i think jk simmons is in this movie for about 45 seconds which is about 15 seconds more than zach galifianakis like it's just like name after name after name like how the fuck is this character gonna be here and like who's this gonna be and what a treat. I fucking love this movie. I don't understand why it falls in the rom-com category on Hulu, but uh, it, it got it on my TV, so I'm not going to question it. I'm definitely going to uh, get that one in my future. You should. You should. I, I yeah. think that you would really like it, and I'd love to have a conversation with you about it, so I'm right. not going to say any more about it. Thank you. I know my mom loved that movie. I'm going to check it out. I'm just used to... She, it would just always be something on the kitchen. It would either be whatever was on HBO... Or Nancy Grace, so I usually didn't pay much attention to what she was watching. <laughs> That's I'll be fair. honest. <clears throat> but, like, the one thing I will say, if you want to see a George Clooney movie star role, like, holy shit. Right, Skip, yeah. you know I do. It's... George Clooney is someone who I've always owned a lot of stock in, so, like, this is the kind of performance that I've always wanted to see from him, and, like, any time he got close, it was, like, in some cast where it was, like, a pseudo-ensemble where, like he's the biggest star but only sort of and like this is just like okay george clooney's just gonna go on in there and just chew scenery in airports for two hours and that's exactly what i want anyway parker what do you got for us buddy oh buddy 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 let me scroll back up here so uh mr peabody and sherman uh, visited the pyramids <laughs> did you know did you know that alex <laughs> I did. It's about the only thing I know about that movie. <clears throat> My dad was very excited that you got assigned this movie. He loved that cartoon when he was a kid. Oh, dude, he'll <laughs> love the movie. It's got time travel and parallel universes. Sounds like Rick All and Morty. fun stuff kids love. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. It has that problem that like every kid's movie has. Where you're like, all right, that feels like three acts. And you pause it, you're like, how was there 45 minutes left? <laughs> Every single kid's movie has seven acts to them. And it makes no goddamn sense. It's like they're cramming an entire season of a kid's show into a movie. But it was, sorry to upset you, but it was mostly inoffensive. Like it was, I, fig- I figured that much. I have seen much worse. And I will describe such shortly. But yeah, it was fine. I mean, I still to this day don't know, is it? Mr. Sherman and Peabody or Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I don't know which one's the dog. For a while I was upset to find out like, wait, did he just call him his son? But then they went through a whole thing to show you like, no, it's cool. He's adopted. He didn't fuck a human lady, which really brought it down a star in my book. Was not a fan. You wanted to see if she got dog pilled? More than anything. You can't just say, ah, my son, Sherman. It's like, hold up. You're what? Because everyone acknowledges that he's a dog. They all call him a dog and talk to him like, a dog can't raise a kid. And you're like, someone fucked this dog. Chris, you have to think about it from the human woman's perspective. You know, she's not getting any honey from this transaction, so. (laughs) (laughs) She's not getting any honey. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's it a typical bears. kids movie. Patrick Warburton shows up and does his Patrick Warburton voice for yeah. like five scenes as you do. But hey, you know what? It's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah. If I had that voice, I would sign it for every kids movie too. Oh, you want me to yell? Got it. It'll be a thousand dollars. I'll do it with my sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. I I was honestly expecting a lot worse. But like with all kids' movies, it feels eight hours long. You just keep zoning out. And you're like, where are we? Oh, someone farted. Got it. Cool. <laughs> Spent a lot more time in the pyramids than I thought they would, which I appreciated. Got a that, history yeah. lesson about King Tut. Learned a lot. It was wonderful. Yeah, that's good. I actually <laughs> thought it would. I genuinely thought it was going to be something where they went to the pyramids like briefly and walked past them. Yeah, me yeah. too. I was ready to freak out. I had no idea what to expect. That's good to hear. And while yeah. you bring up history lessons, allow me to add one addendum to my section. Which is, apparently there's more episodes of the Neil deGrasse Tyson Cosmos series. And I watched one of them. And he goes in between these two stars that are, like, swirling around each other about to form a black hole. And literally, like, his body is just pasted on itself, like, six times in CGI. So he looks like a fucking octopus. And it did a lot for me. I just wanted you guys to know that. (laughs) Were you eating chocolate at the time? (laughs) Might have been. (laughs) Now... Chris, you assigned me a film called Mysteries of Murder, correct? Incorrect. It was Memories of Murder. Oh, Memories. I keep mixing it up. I wrote it the wrong way. I fixed it, and I wrote it again. Well, here's the problem. The Manticore needed to be pleased. (laughs) So you watched Mysteries of Murder instead. I didn't have time to watch a tale about murder. I had time to watch a tale about a shark, voiced by Will Smith. I wanted to make sure, like, no matter what, I'm going to be one and done. I'm not going to watch something and go, oh, fuck, that was accidentally too good. I do not want to know what the Manticore's punishment is. Shark Tale. Literally, all I knew was, like, there's a movie called A Shark Tale, and Will Smith is the main voice. I I did not know. Not only does it have an insane fucking cast, which I will get into, this was oscar nominated and made a <laughs> shit ton of money i saw this in thought, theaters what <laughs> when did it come out uh like round shrek 2 i forgot to write down the year so like 2004 or something like that yeah, something like that i i had a younger brother and sister so i, di- I didn't see a tremendous amount of pg-13 movies the only the only time we ever went out to the movies is if there's something we all could watch I didn't have a car, and there was there certainly weren't any theaters in Poolsville. So the only way we'd get out is if it was like G or maybe PG, if Beatrice can take it. So yes, we saw Shark t- <laughs> a Shark's Tale, I guess it's just called A Shark's Tale, in theaters. They play uh, At the Car Wash, right? Where it's a bunch of jellyfish washing a shark or something. Do you remember how fucking insane like the premise of this movie is? You don't perfect. I, I think wrote I do. It down. It's it's like the uh, he becomes accidentally famous and he's uh, lying about it or something. Oh, buddy, oh, I got some details for you. First of all, let me just paint a picture for you for some of that DreamWorks comedy. You see, just like we have stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, they have starfish that include Muscle Crow, <laughs> Jessica Shrimpson. Todd Stewart, <laughs> and then Seal, but then an actual Seal flops onto it and starts clapping. Oh my god. Three minutes into god. the movie. This movie was written by Josh. <laughs> so three minutes in, I have just resigned sign like, oh, thank god I'm safe. Like, I'm actually, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> the Manticore will let me pass. Jessica Shrimpson. <laughs> so Will Smith is a fish, so of course the fish raps and dances. Yeah. Because... 
you know. So it's about this point I have to figure out, oh, this is the B-movie of fish. Because every other line, there's fish puns everywhere, there's fucking visual gags everywhere all about fish and different types of fish. Are there bears? We'll get there. I don't want to be a fish! (laughs) So Will Smith owes 5,000 clamps to a puffer fish voiced by Martin Scorsese. Okay, that sentence is... Martin Scorsese Pufferfish has two enforcers who are jellyfish who are also Jamaican. Oh, one of them is Bob Marley's son. Don't worry about it. Oh, Ziggy? (laughs) He got work? Yes. So the big bad of the movie is a shark who is the leader of a mob of criminal sharks voiced by Robert De Niro. Yeah, that makes sense. He, He has two sons. One of them is Christopher from The Sopranos. The other is a shitty fail son who doesn't want to be a shark. Which is Jack Black doing an Italian accent. <laughs> Fucker. I did not know that was Jack Black. I, I guess I didn't know that back in this, 2004. This is giving me Zookeeper flashbacks. <laughs> so at one point, the two shark brothers, they corner Will Smith. But you see, Jack Black, he's embarrassed because he's a vegetarian. He doesn't want to eat the fish. So his brother gets mad and charges at him. But he uh, anchor falls on his head and kills him so in the middle of this kids movie there was a shark funeral (laughs) (laughs) and then a bunch of kids movie shit happens and they all learn a lesson and and robert (laughs) nero learns to accept his son who cares (laughs) it has like the most insane first 20 minutes where i was taking crazy notes and then it was like oh it's a kids movie now got it (sighs) it was angelina shows up as a thought fish who that's the second she learns he has money just tries to ruin his life there's a lot of psychology going on. It's... It was at, like, the bottom... Like, one of the bottom three of, like, all DreamWorks movies. There's no way this is worse than any of the later Shrek sequels. That's probably I true. I hope to never find out. Yeah, I mean, DreamWorks <laughs> made a whole bunch of those 3D movies. I think this was one of the earlier ones, so... I, uh... I have almost no memories of this. I think the only thing I remember, the only part that Henry and I really liked was the two jellyfish. They're, I think they're playing PlayStation or something. And they start telling each other, like, how to do the secret code for... The fuck was that? <laughs> that was, it was the door, you're fine. <laughs> Sorry. Alright. Uh, they, they start uh, talking about how to do the secret code for, like, Tony Hawk or something like that. And the way they, they say, like, the button combinations in Jamaican, it, it made me laugh. I don't know. Uh, respect. Respect. <laughs> you should watch it again. Tell me what you think Yeah, that sounds it. like fun. Yeah, it does. I don't I bet know. you'd like it. I don't know. My days might be busy with the Anthony Weiner documentary. <laughs> You've no idea. It's actually so good. So, Chris, you were texting me about the Corpse Bride. Oh, Did yeah. you end up watching that? Uh, no, I, I checked it off because for some reason I hadn't already checked. I saw that in theaters and uh, watched it repeatedly afterwards because I really liked that movie. So I'd never seen it. What? And that spurred me to be like, yeah, I'll just put it on. Turns out I just had it around here somewhere. Yo, how come no one told me how good those songs are? Yo, those are really good songs. Good ass songs. Those are the the songs that are the best part of the movie. Uh, we'll keep this they in really... mind. Because that definitely came out around that era. It was like, oh, Tim Burton, Jack Off Motion. Yeah, no thanks. You can keep it. It's real fucking good. Yeah, that's really good. I remember when I got out of the theater, I was like really, really mad that I hadn't thought of all of it first. I was like, that is one of my favorite ideas I've ever seen for a movie. I think the only thing I dislike is the ending. He should have got with the other girl. Absolutely. It's just, 
it was like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. We'll change the rest of the story so that he does. It's right there for you. Come on. But yeah, that soundtrack. That was the, that soundtrack was on my playlist for uh, quite some time. Alex, I, I think you would like this one quite a bit. I think I would, too. It's probably something that's going to come up in the next, I don't know, couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Seems like a nice fall movie to watch. It is, yeah. yeah. That was a very pleasant surprise on my end. Um, oh, that's why I wrote this down. So uh, there was a kids tv special in the early 90s based on the halloween tree the ray bradbury book and it was like the middle of the day i was like i'll put on something you know like not heavy at all but still of the season and it's on it's fine it's a fucking 1993 kids cartoon like it's fine and then the plot kicks in where they're gonna go back in time to all these different time periods and learn the secrets of halloween and then they go to ancient Egypt. You're kidding. And they That's go bullshit. into a pyramid. Yeah, right. that one okay. off. I was beyond pissed. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. It's whatever. <laughs> it's a fucking early 90s kids cartoon. I didn't grow up with it, so I was like, oh, whatever. I can cross it off the list. It's fine. Good ancient Egypt. Okay, so two more. I rewatch Overlord for the first time since theaters because it's on Hulu, God bless. Oh, hey. God, that movie still fucking slaps, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it'd been it'd been long enough, right? For like, I know the plot, but I'd forgotten most of the beats. Man, what a good ass movie! Yeah, it turns yeah. out the movie works, doesn't finish. it? It really does. I'm gonna start championing that one more. Yeah, I don't know what I know as Hulu, but I'm just gonna start sending people. It's like, been hey, on Prime for a while too. So. Yeah, I thought so. Ooh. So the other one I want to talk about is a movie that came out earlier this year that I forgot about called Spree. And Alex, this is going to be incredibly for you. I'm locked in. So this is a movie about a fucking e-kid, like a streamer kid. He's been making YouTube videos and trying all this shit for like a decade. His videos like never reached double digits. He's done like every single form of it for the last decade. So YouTube, blogging, Instagram, all that stuff, TikToks. And now it's, he's hit a point. He's like, God damn it. I'm going to find a way to finally make it big. I'm going to go viral. So he does what's basically like a knockoff of Uber and Lyft. And he's got cameras all around like all the windows in his car, kind of like cash cab, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. He's going to go viral by live streaming himself, picking people up, and murdering the shit out of them. I'm that's in. the, th- that's the conceit of the movie. I, I need to know nothing else. It's fine. <laughs> I will tell you two things. I will tell you that. And then at one point, one of the people in his chat makes him a custom Pepe. <laughs> That's all I'm going to tell you about this Mother movie. Oh, God. Why? Okay. That's right. the sign yeah, no, no, that you've we're made. We're going to take it. an extended pee break tonight. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the last movie I want to talk about. I just, I had to tell you. I know there are certain people that listen and that will work for them, but you specifically, you you deserve that in your Thank life. Thank you so much. I... And also, like, I thought they were going to toy around with it and be like, okay, like, something's going to happen. He's going to, like, get in a wreck or something, but he's going to see his numbers go up. No, like, the first time you see him in the car, it's already, like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker get hell abuse. <laughs> like, it wastes no time getting there. It's quality stuff. Is this streaming somewhere, or do I have to go find this? I'll help you. All right. to go find I, I mean, it. I rented it. It wasn't expensive, but like, you can probably find I'm it. I'm fine renting. I just need to know where. I haven't heard of this. <laughs> oh, we'll talk yeah, about it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got, it's, man, it's real good. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this dude who's really unhinged, you guys. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Unhinged from I'm the writer to... of Disturbia. <laughs> All 
our opening scene, as was uh, described by Alex on the previous episode, begins with Russell Crowe waddling out of his car to go light someone's house on fire. Now, I was not prepared for how fat Russell Crowe is. Like, I've seen some of his recent movies. I know this guy's not exactly in gladiator shape, but oh my goodness, he is spherical. His body type and his voice together, it is... I could not think of a better combination for this character so, or this actor. I guess we should talk about his voice now. Might as well get it over with. He is doing the absolute worst impression of Parker that I've ever heard. It fucking <laughs> owns. Just knowing who Russell Crowe is and just seeing this rotund man go, Hey, uh, I forgot to say, you can give me a little tap. Like, oh, fuck, <laughs> yeah, dude. fuck yes, put this directly into my eyeballs. Making movies, making songs, inviting around the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, do you ever see uh, Ghoulies go to college? <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to sound more like Ned from South Park. <laughs> They're coming right for us. Okay, so he burns down their house, uh, and uh, then we get to our opening credits, which is... It kind of feels like the most stereotypical opening credits I've ever seen in a movie. It's a whole bunch of cross-cutting like, road rage things. I think the impetus for this movie is, you ever see those viral videos of... I don't know, someone cuts someone off on a freeway and someone else takes out some petulant retaliation and usually pays the price. They usually get run off the road in some capacity by like an 18-wheeler or something. And they're like, yeah, we'll make a movie out of that. That's uh, that's what we're going to do. Road rage. There is a pandemic of rudeness. <laughs> As someone who lives in the South, I've gotten into many, many arguments in my life where I've heard ambassadors see Dude, what do you lay on your horn to watch? Look at them and go. We live in Texas. There is a. It's a fifty-fifty. There is a gun in that cab. Are you fucking kidding me? Look at those bumper stickers. I'm not tapping shit. They can wait there all day. I'm not dying over this. We're going to work anyways. I don't want to be there. <laughs> I think I can count the number of times I've actually pressed the horn in my car on one hand. I usually don't have to do that. And Fucking count the Punisher logos on there. I'm not honking at shit, dude. It's <laughs> terrifying out here. It's like, no, no, no. That guy's got an InfoWars bumper sticker on his uh, bumper. I, I don't think I'm going to... OW and is like the Oprah? Oh, no, it's not. Okay. Well, oh, no. He's going to find the traffic children in my trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Ass cabinet bungee corded down in his bed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> Shit. Okay. I just want to get back to like the words that they choose for this thing. First of all, they, they do this stuff like, oh boy, I'm on my third cup of coffee today. And so I think the idea is like you're listening to the morning radio, right? And one of the things they say on this morning radio program is studies have shown that people are being rude to each other or something. Damn. <laughs> Can you imagine turning on the radio and that's right what you hear? Can't wait until I get to that episode of the Cosmos. At one point, they actually say, like, there is a pandemic sweeping the globe, and no one's wearing masks. And obviously, this, remember, the trailer came out, like, right at the onset of the pandemic. So they weren't thinking that coronavirus was going to be a big thing. What they meant really was there is a pandemic of rudeness to other people. And everyone, if you really actually pay attention, I don't know why you would, to the videos in the background, they get more and more extreme. Cars trying to crash into each other, then crashing themselves. 
and it kept making me think that the only way to solve these problems is to let the people of America, and possibly the world at large, get this violence that they have in their uh, heads out of their system, maybe for one day out of the year, a crime-free day out of the year. Perhaps if yeah. they could just purge these feelings, then they would feel so much better. Parker, I have an important question for you before you continue. Uh-huh. During this opening credits montage, am I crazy for thinking I saw the Killdozer? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. I, I'm just making sure. I watched it before work again, so like it was kind of in a rush. There was a moment I was like, should I pause and go back? <laughs> I feel like... I think it was the thing. Is like I thought I saw the Killdozer, and I didn't want to be wrong. Okay. I want to just believe in my heart, like, yeah, it's probably in this movie. And I choose to accept that now. If it wasn't, please don't email us and correct us. I don't want to know. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, so we're introduced to our protagonist, who's played by an actress. She has a son. She also has a brother that would make the, her brother this, this uh, kid's uncle. His name is Fred. That means his name is Uncle Fred. And all I can think about is freaky Uncle Fred from uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. He was no one's uncle. Let's be he wasn't clear. A, he wasn't an uncle? Was he a cousin? <laughs> I, don't, I don't... I think he was a cousin. Oh, I don't remember. Maybe he was just some guy. Like, I don't know. Next week's episode. Right. Anyway, I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him Freaky Uncle. (laughs) I'm gonna call him Freaky Uncle Fred for the rest of the movie, and uh, he looks at that kid, Kyle. (laughs) 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 Those are one of my favorite. Anyway, so he also has his girlfriend just living with them and making out at the at the kitchen table while the kid is trying to use Cheerios. Anyway, she's late, and she gets in her car, and Alex has pretty much already described this, so we get to the longest highway scene in the world. This scene just fucking keeps on going. For a movie that's under 90 minutes, which, by the way, very thankful for. Great choice, Alex. I got um, you. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, we are taking a long time to sort of get to the action here, which is probably why we have this borderline irrelevant scene of Russell Crowe burning down the people's house at the beginning of the movie. Chris, <laughs> the nerve of you to just gloss over Chekhov scissors like that. I, okay, tell you what, yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> gloss over the candy cane scissors. <laughs> Oh, it's her special candy cane scissors. She can't find them anywhere. Oh, they're under this newspaper that your dumbass girlfriend put on top of stuff. She was clipping coupons. Anyway, next scene. Oh, I hate that bitch. I hope she gets what's coming to her. (laughs) (laughs) So, I want to talk about the candy cane scissors really quick. And her idiot brother says, why would you want to be cutting candy canes at a time like this? Dude, shut up. (laughs) What's your fucking deal? (laughs) This whole family fucking sucks. I, like top to bottom. <laughs> no as wonder someone, the dad divorced her. He just had to get away from all of them. As someone that once talked like that to other people, the fucking nerve of them to give this guy a girlfriend. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> just thinking about being that dad and just being at work stressed out, getting a call. Oh yeah, what is it, Dad? You want to hear about your Fortnite strategy? <laughs> Click. <laughs> Not even acknowledging. <laughs> hey, Dad, have you heard my Yoda impression yet? <laughs> So uh, the kid actually tells her, hey, if I'm late one more time, I get detention. That kind of feels like it's not fair. Like, if he's been late that many times, it's clearly been her fault because she's got a shitty card. She seems like she sleeps in a lot, you know. And he's the one who's getting the blame for it. Does that happen a lot? I was never late to school, so. Take the fucking bus, nerd. As someone that was late to school all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well. (laughs) Anyway, she pulls up yeah, behind... Yeah, going to go on your permanent record, dude. You gotta turn it around. Oh, man. <laughs> so she pulls up behind 
Tugger and within it, Russell Crowe. <laughs> and he doesn't turn left on a green light. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the way that I think about things. I thought for the rest of the movie, why in the hell didn't he turn on that green light? She honked her horn. Why don't you just, just go? It's green. What's your deal, dude? Was he texting? Not me. He was waiting for this all goddamn day uh, he's gotten off that ramp done a u-turn gotten back on and just waited <laughs> at that light all fucking day <laughs> so she lays on her horn then she just pulls out around him and uh it's just like geez you know, unbelievable you know light was green not getting any greener sounds like my dad anyway uh the, the guy pulls up alongside her oh russell crowe does a little thing like hey lower your window and her son is unable to roll up the window because the car's too shitty is, yeah, what, is, he a, is he a ghost? Because <laughs> for this entire movie, they have one interaction. He just becomes the Duke. He just terrorizes her for 70 more minutes. It's so good. So, Alex, you, you told me that at some point Russell Crowe says to her, Hey, how about a courtesy tap? Now... I don't know about you. what you guys think is a courtesy tap, but where I come from, the mean streets of Poolsville, a uh, courtesy tap is something very different from what he's talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's when somebody comes up behind you in the hallway and taps you in the balls so you drop all your books. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Just, yes, I was bullied extensively. Why do you ask? <laughs> Can you imagine Russell Crowe just being like, hey, why didn't you give me a cup check? Come on. Uh, that was... <laughs> Very Bill Clinton of you. Those four yeah, and a half hours clearly impressed yeah, it's, your brain. It's, yeah, it's getting in there. Yeah, oh, speaking you for it. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of looking ghoulish, by the way, and Mitch McConnell's hand. So he's doing uh, great. No. Anyway, uh, Russell Crowe is uh, he he becomes unhinged because she refuses to apologize what? for honking her horn, and uh, he just. I mean, when you say unhinged, he really just changes his performance entirely. He's like, oh, you're going to know what a bad day is, brother. And, uh... <laughs> hey, see Elvis now. Just stop doing Russell even... Crowe. That wasn't even Elvis. That was closer <laughs> to Stone Cold. <laughs> I love this scene. Because he gives oh, her, like, dude. seven outs. Like, no, for real. Like, just, just say you're sorry. Yeah, Mom, say you're sorry. No. <laughs> even the kid's like, Mom, please. This is clearly a problem. This guy, look at him. Look how unhinged this man is. <laughs> that kid at any time could have just said, oh, she said she's sorry, but you can't hear her because she's in the driver's seat. <laughs> I wouldn't say it for her because I can't roll the window up because of your witchcraft. I'm sorry, mister. You have nary a hinge on you, but my mom just won't apologize. <laughs> okay. Well, the pandemic of rudeness has spread to everyone, it seems. And uh, like 28 days later, they let that monkey out. Now everyone's unhinged. <laughs> but you know, he Russell Crowe's got a good point. Apologies do tend to go a long way. For example, no, he Parker, doesn't. He was fucking just sitting at that line. Uh, Fuck uh, that well, guy. Okay, he deserved it. No, hold up. Well, apologies do go a long way, and I'll prove it. Parker, I'm sorry that I assigned you son with a mask all those years ago. You feel better? No, I want one for Repo. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, now he's going to make my day a living hell, or whatever the fuck. So they drive away and they start talking about Fortnite, and I almost turned off the movie. <laughs> like, oh, that's why Alex liked it. He tricked me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I think this is the same it, kid from oh, the Scarra Predator. Good. Sorry. Uh, I think this is the same kid from the Predator. It's just every single movie he's going to talk about <laughs> that, that. If he's that the same the kid from the Predator. the most offensive thing anyone's ever said about this kid. <laughs> he deserves worse. So anyway, if that's the case, Russell Crowe is fucked. He's going to use his <laughs> Fortnite strategies <laughs> to beat him. that helmet? <laughs> I love this, because around this point, you've seen the cold open to establish it. This dude will just walk to someone's house, bludgeon them, and just light it on fire with them inside. He's clearly picking a fight with this lady. And you're like, alright, I can't wait to find out like what this guy's deal is. Only to learn, like, 20 minutes later, like, you know, uh, dads get it worse in divorce proceedings. Like, oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude! The, the yeah, whole character it really does a become a dude's rock, rock movie. Dad's rights activist is <laughs> This is the character that 2020 needs. It's it's easy to laugh and be like, oh, Russell Crowe's so fat. But as soon as that's a reveal of that's who he is, you look at him in his truck, you're like, fuck yeah, that's A plus, dude. Yeah. I can't even make fun of that casting. That is perfect. Yeah. That dude just like doing the to get up to the step to get into his truck and be like, you know, why is it that in proceedings? You know, she didn't do half the work. You're like, fuck yeah, perfect. A plus. Anyway, our intrepid protagonist goes to the gas station, um, and she buys lotto tickets, so you wonder why you're poor, lady. <laughs> Keep it. Maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The number of people who will get that joke is dwindling every day. Because uh, of the <laughs> pandemic. Of rudeness. One for us, one for them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I will admit, like, this isn't even a joke, I just... I just thought it was, like, a nice thing. When she says, like, hey, that guy's following me, and that guy's like, all right, I'll walk you out to your car and tell that guy to, you know, just chill out. That was, like, a really decent thing of that guy to do. And it really it really bugged me when he got run over by Russell Crowe. And then that <laughs> other car. yeeted into the street. Another a fatal really yeeting. With the guy, because, like, he knows there's clearly an issue. He's like, I'll call the cops. He's like, no, fuck, I'll just walk out there. Like, don't bother. It's not going to fucking do anything. She's going to make everything worse. I'll come look. I'll mean mug him and then eat the grill of his car. I have to admit, he did kind of have that uh, that, that white trash thing where he's like, I got all your, uh, I think, I don't know if he actually says these words, but he might as well have, I got your license plate up here in my computer. <laughs> he points to his head to be like, hey, I got your plates. And then three Mississippi later, he's fucking roadkill. <laughs> Just seeing him make that, because you think like, Okay, surely he's not just gonna murder all these people in public. Like he's gonna follow her. Nope, he just that guy taunts him. He just looks and he's like, "All right," and just spins that <laughs> wheel and guns it right there in front of all these witnesses. And like, it's so it's such a great example of a movie knowing what it is because like when like she talks to him on the phone after that, since he's apparently, oh excuse me, he's apparently managed to place a secret phone in her car somehow and steal hers. Yeah, what the? Fuck? I think don't worry about it. That one is never going to be explained. But like. He calls her, and she's like, you're not going to get away with this. And he's like, yeah, Suicide by Cop sounds all right by me. And all of a sudden, that is just like, all right, this movie's on another level now. Right, like, yeah. Like, it, we've it moved past the, things. this guy is trying to get away with this. Like, oh, no, this guy just burned down his wife's house, and now he's just going to go die. 
Yeah, pretty he much. Sa- he says that, and then it says afterwards, you got a message from your doctor. She wants to change your Friday therapy appointment. She better bring her A-game, because you're going to fucking need it. <laughs> I stood up in my living room and applauded. <laughs> so, this movie is so fucking good. I want to take you guys back uh, to last week's episode, and I, I talked about the visual of that mascot penguin stuffing a bloody body back into <laughs> yeah. a toilet stall as a visual that will stick with me for a long time. This movie's got a visual that'll stick with me for a long time. The visual from this movie that will stick in my head for a long time is the sight of Russell Crowe just waddling his rotund ass into an IHOP to excoriate a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) The reveal that the husband who's been on the phone is McPoyle really (laughs) elevated this movie immediately. In your head, you're like, well, surely he's not going to murder this guy in the middle of an IHOP at two in the afternoon. But she'd be incorrect. <laughs> when this happened, this like this scene right here was the moment that I knew this was going to be this week's episode. <laughs> because, like, he goes there to meet the fucking divorce lawyer. And then the camera spins around and it's the fucking McPoyle. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I hope he was drinking milk. I so... didn't even need to know what happened to him. I'm just like, all right, this guy just showed up in this movie. We're watching it. Right, yeah. <laughs> So they have a conversation. Turns out he surreptitiously switched their phone. So now she's stuck with a flip phone in a shitty car for the rest of the movie, which really uh, crippling her. Um, He's sitting. Owen's like, I got your phone. Also, it's a burner that cost me twenty dollars. It's such an unnecessary thing to happen. But clearly, they wrote themselves into a corner of like, oh, how are they going to communicate? I just he just hides a phone from 1997 in her car. <laughs> okay, and they just moved on to the next page. I, I want to talk also about the visual here between McPoyle and Russell Crowe. Just have you ever eaten dinner with a really really big guy and just fills up the entire uh, booth? And like, <laughs> just look how big he is. He's just gigantic. That table is the number ten. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I feel when I read. NFL draft analysis on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I hate hanging out with a friend who's so fat that they take up the whole seat. That guy must feel like a real dickhead. So at one point, uh, the lawyer puts his phone on the table, and Russell Crowe is looking at that phone like he wants to devour it. Just spread some sugar on there, maybe a little bit of syrup, and just mm, cram it down. Don't even chew. Hey, man, you joke, but there's not a single puck that's going to get past him if he's in that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what follows is the shittiest glass shattering effect I've ever seen on McPoyle's face. (laughs) I guess it wasn't glass, I guess it was porcelain, but still. Just bops him on the head with a cup and then stabs him in the back of the neck. Like, this is the scene, because it happens right after the truck kill, where you see so many movies with a premise like this, and you're like, oh man, I hope it goes like this. And then it doesn't. This is one of those few ones where like, oh, wouldn't it be really funny if he just went on this rampage? But like, clearly he wouldn't just murder a guy in the middle of it. How do you write your way out of that? And then the movie's just like, no, it's okay, I got you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's ready to get gunned down by cops. It's fine. He's going to murder these people, because she didn't give him a love tap. Is that what we call it now? A love tap? Anyway. um, At one point he says to her on the phone, I've been ignored, used up, chewed up, and spat out. So he's literally becoming the Joker. 
dudes rock, dudes rock. <laughs> <laughs> when when he fucking gets on the phone with her, you know, he's like, hey, I got your friend right here. You're fucking him, aren't you? And she goes, no, he's married. <laughs> and he goes, well, it's never stopped anybody before. That is the moment when you know that this movie has gone from good to capital G good. <laughs> There's so much psychology in that line. <laughs> I now know his entire backstory, his life story, what ha- I know all of it now. Right, Just yeah. from the way he says that. So stopped him before. Right? Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Clearly, he the writer phone. got it. Great. Clearly, <laughs> the writer of Disturbia has gone through some things. So, he... you know, it's never been harder to be a white man, Chris. I always say that. I'll make that the cold open. So, oh, uh, god he... damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he travels to her house because he has like the contact info and stuff. He didn't. He could just do that. He goes to her Don't house, and freaky Uncle Fred is there. And uh, also his girlfriend. And he beats her up, and uh, Freaky Uncle Fred's got like a little knife that he's gonna stab the guy with, but he can't, his girlfriend's in the way, and uh, her her gigantic body is blocking his body, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, just another piece of evidence for the fat goalie theory. This is, this is like... <laughs> he can't get through. He's unstoppable. It, it's so absurd to me. It, it's like fucking... Yogi Bear hiding behind a poplar tree. How do you get that fat body behind her? Be like, oh, there's no way you can get me now. He is about to envelop her like the universe will envelop the sun. He's so fucking... He's consuming time and space itself. Anyway. He's a fucking Langolier. <laughs> So he's the friend is backed up against the wall with a knife extended, and he takes the girl by the shoulders and shoves her repeatedly into the knife. I've never seen anything that stupid before. This is maybe the dumbest scene in the movie, but also it's so cool. (laughs) Like, look, he could just break her like Bane does, but instead, it's the most convoluted stabbing I've ever seen in my life. He could have swallowed her, honestly. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh... I love how sweaty Russell Crowe is in, like, every single close-up, too. There's that, too, which... Do you think he did, like, the uh, Vincent D'Onofrio thing, where he just put on a bunch of weight for this movie? <laughs> or did he <laughs> just yeah, go, oh, natural? Because to me, it's always the Jared Leto in that fucking movie where he was the cult leader thing. <laughs> oh, man, Chris, have you seen that? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, uh, they, an officer comes by and is able to save Fred from getting ignited. Uh, again, kind of like sudden death. You see these movies, they rhyme. They're like poetry. Uh, and Russell Crowe, I guess, just ambles out of the house while getting shot twice in the shoulder. And it does nothing to him. Are we it, Are we saying that the officer prevented him from being lit on fire? <laughs> Uh, is that did what I, we're going with? Did I say that? Disagree. I'm sorry. He's, Disagree. That I, I, is I, what I heard. I'm sorry. That's a mistake on my part. He absolutely he does not prevent. He mitigated some of the flame damage. Yeah. But that man was taped to a chair and set Okay, the officer had burn heal, whatever. So, uh... This is like, like a, minute 40, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so 
So like there's so many things you're like, wait, how'd they get there? But then the movie would be eighty one minutes, and that is unacceptable. Like I it is perfect the way it is. I don't mean to make like a, a video game reference here, but Russell Crowe's kind of like Snorlax. You can shoot him with a gun. It's not going to do much to him. No, he's more like Boo looks, from well, Dragon Ball. that guy, you'd be fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, his name's not Snorlax, it's Borlax. Russell Crowe is this fucking movie. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here. You cannot pull ten Pokemon. <laughs> so, again, actually more like Boo from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Parker, he was the pink guy. So, uh... Oh, yeah? Yeah. He... Hey, Chris, follow-up question. Is her laying on the horn the equivalent of playing the flute to wake him up in traffic? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <You> started this. <laughs> there we go. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think that's... That must be what it is. Because, again, two shots in the shoulder, and it really doesn't do anything. It just makes him grimace a little bit more. But he's still able to use that shoulder very well in other scenes. So he's just so big that bullets don't do anything to him. <laughs> All you've done is rile him up further. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's like Mongo it in Blazing Saddles. Don't shoot him. It'll just make him mad. Is it the size, or is it his hinge status? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, officer down. We have an unhinged suspect. <laughs> it's like the goddamn juggernaut. Get the whole squad down here. <laughs> anyway. Charles, get out of my head. <laughs> I like the conceit of this movie that, like, your slut bitch whore wife tweeting on you, cheating on you, just turns you into an ungodly superhero. You just become Michael Myers and cannot be stopped. <laughs> Like, oh my, all right, shot him three times. <laughs> Donald Pleasance is looking over and he's just gone, <laughs> yelling about these fucking femoids. So, our intrepid hero is on the freeway, uh, and there is a tense scene where the kid gets unbuckled and looks for the iPad underneath her seat. I guess I that's supposed to be tense. the The guy is nowhere to be hey, man, seen. You gotta hit, so. you gotta hit eighty somehow to make it into theaters. I guess <laughs> this scene just goes on. Anyway, he's like, "Oh, I found him. He's right next to us." Oh, it turns out he took someone else's car. So she's like, "Okay, he's over there." They see an officer, and uh, oh, let's <laughs> flag him them down immediately. He's like, "Oh, sick! I found you guys!" and immediately <laughs> swerves over. Because <laughs> she she does do the he thing. He gets a different car. She breaks the phone. He has no way of contacting her. And he just looks over like, oh, hey, that's you a, guys, this is me. I killed you. This is another example brother. where the kid gives her advice. He's like, hey. And she's like, no, I'm the mom. I make the rules. He's like, can we just like throw this out the window? And then like he can't follow us anymore. Uh, no, we're going to hold on to it. Maybe we can track him. Maybe we'll know more about him than he knows about us. And, Are you going to uh, track him with your fucking flip phone? <laughs> <laughs> the iPad ends up dying anyway. So uh, <laughs> She uh, she notices an officer and uh, does like the window thing. And uh, I guess those windows are down for good as well. It's like, hey, can you help us out? And Russell Crowe like, kind of T-bones the officer who's stuck on the freeway who then gets final destination by a cement mixer. <laughs> dude, this That's is... cement mixer. Dude. Oh my god. <laughs> It burst through that whole car so fast. I was dying. Now, understand where I'm going with this and why I say this. This is my least favorite part of the movie because it reminded me of how much better this would have been in theaters. Yeah, okay, that's fair. This is is literally the scene we were expecting to get from Cold Pursuit. Right, yeah. That's all I wanted, for the love of God. Instead, we got Indian casinos. So, <laughs> uh, 
so they're like, oh, I've got a great idea. Remember Fortnite? And I just muted the movie. I'm just, whatever, I'll make... <laughs> make some pasta in the background or something like that so they go to some place and then the movie ends so the game of games happens and looks like all oh, my teams no. whenever you're ready <laughs> no 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 well, let's get back to the movie <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh they're like remember the Fortnite strategy that uh you were talking about um how uh the one like something i wasn't actually listening let's go to your grandmother's house and it'll be like getting lost in spaghetti or some or some shit i don't know they go inside her house they park over there and the guy's like where are they i'm looking around for the car and apparently her little volvo could just flip a fucking minivan i don't know if i buy that There's a lot of things I don't buy about the end of this movie. The nerve of this movie to defy physics. How dare you, director? Exactly. So after getting his car fucking totaled, and his shoulder shot twice, and not receiving a courtesy tap, he is still okay to just get out of the car and uh, starts beating her against the turf. And she's okay, too. These are just uh, people who really don't know how to fight. And uh, I guess the kid's hiding in the attic. Wait, where's where's some? Oh, she's in an assisted living community, I guess. Okay, so that's why the house. Yeah, at one is point, he just threatens on the phone, like, "Hey, want me to go burn your house down and then go visit your mother-in-law that nursing home?" <laughs> like, wh- how would he have this information? He met her 15 minutes ago on the freeway. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So uh, I don't think he's real. I think he's just like a manifestation of her guilt or something. Because. He doesn't make sense as a person. Dude, if this movie had a Fight Club-ass ending, holy shit. <laughs> Look, if we want to talk about the ending, I was very upset that there was... I kept waiting for, like, okay, and then he just pulls up wearing an eye patch. I was... Right. I was so fucking ready for it. Yeah, and then the Halloween theme starts playing. So anyway, before we get there, we do need the reoccurrence of Chekhov's candy cane scissors. <laughs> yeah, we do. Turns out I had these with me the entire time. Could have solved that problem earlier. And uh, fucking shoves those in his eyes. So, uh, Parker, I mentioned I watched Lucio Fulci Zombie to you off mic. Sure did. (laughs) A very similar scene here. And, again, scissors right in the eye and he gets up going, and she's just like, okay, try this. Here's your courtesy tap. Pow! And uh, that was satisfying. That was real satisfying. the makeup in this movie is so much better than it has any right to be. That's where they spent their money. Like, for a movie with this fucking premise, everything looks exactly like it should. There is nothing cheap about this movie, which is fucking shocking as we're describing the plot of it. But it looks so, so well done. Like, I just, I have to give props to this movie for having this stupid fucking premise and going all in on it. They knew this movie was made for us. It's like, you know, let's give them a good one for a change. So, uh, good news, Freaky Uncle Fred is alive, who I forgot was in the movie when they mentioned that he's okay. Uh, yeah, that's, like, this whole thing just feel like a weird, like, oh, we got him, but don't worry, your brother's okay. Yeah! And then she, <laughs> that car pulls out, she almost honks, she's like, uh, I don't think so. I'm like, that's cool. And then, like, the car moves, and you just see him standing there, like, Michael Myers with an eye patch on. But then it just ended. See, that's the so thing. That, that kind of bummed that, me out. That was but, a know, weird part of the movie, movie is that it ends on that, and she doesn't honk, and her son says... Good idea. And that's the lesson of the movie. Don't honk. It hurts people's feelings. <laughs> Correct. Just be nice to everyone. And then the credit song. 
Don't Fear the Reaper, oh, covered by Flyleaf. Also, which one? <laughs> I, I Can I mention why Parker said, oh, Chris, you've had an interesting week with Flyleaf. Uh, <laughs> a friend recently uh, challenged me to come up with my 10 favorite Disney songs. And it took a while, but I came up with it. And uh, he mentioned, what about Nightmare Before Christmas? That's technically a uh, Disney movie. I'm like, that's a good point. But what's this in there? And if you listen to the Nightmare Revisited album, where they had a bunch of covers, the Corn cover of Kidnap the Santa Claus, Marilyn Manson's cover of This is Halloween, there is a cover of What's This by Fall Out Boy. It's pretty good, but that's not the original cover of it. The original cover of What's This is by a band called Flyleaf. And uh, Parker, I texted you my cover of uh, Flyleaf. <laughs> it was beautiful. I liked it. <clears throat> Which uh, I guess is a better impression than uh, my Russell Crowe impression. Uh, <laughs> it would almost have to be. I should have and, done my Australian voice. Decidedly worse than your Yoda impression. Well, yeah. that's you don't have to get personal, okay? But I was uh, complimenting you. Fucking Flyleaf, uh, Flyleaf's cover of "Don't Fear the" because Re- you you didn't tell us that it was Flyleaf. You told us it was "Don't Fear the Reaper," but fucking Flyleaf is. I guess their gimmick is that the singer doesn't sing; she just kind of moans. You just don't get it. <laughs> it's I guess this is some of the stuff that Alex is into. Tegan and Sarah, everything else on the soundtrack for Juno. It was a, di- this it was is a different time. The most fucking two thousand five ass ending song I've heard since whatever movie we fucking watched that played fucking My Chemical Romance immediately when the ending credits started. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that fucking uh, Resident Evil two? Might have been. This feels like a trap, and I will not fall for it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If my phone hears me say "kill switch engage," my Spotify's gonna be fucked for a week. <laughs> I can't, I can't take it. Oh boy! So, what are our thoughts on Unhinged? Star should have signed him and put him in. We would have won the cup this year. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like I said earlier, like there's so many movies with a premise like this. You're like, oh, dude, and then 30 minutes in, you realize, like, oh no, they couldn't afford to do any of that. This is not the case. Correct. It is just mean-spirited enough to not, not make you feel uncomfortable, as stupid and violent as it needs to be, and it's 80 minutes long. Yeah, about the mean-spiritedness, when Alex originally described this to me, I was like, oh, it sounds kind of dark, isn't it? Like, he's just going around killing people. And I, I didn't really know what the impetus was, but the more I watched it, the more I realized, okay, there is some real, like, humor that we can take away from this there is content to be made so uh i i had a good enough time with this you know we've we've spent nine to ten months this year referring to bloodshot as the movie of the year and this is a real contender that's a that's a double feature right if your oscar comes down to those two movies i'll be happy either way that's all i want to say oh if you're gonna make me pick i'm still gonna go with uh I'm still going to go with Bloodshot. However, I will give credit to Russell Crowe, who was clearly overclocking his nanites in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, is he. <laughs> I mean, it explains the shoulder thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> just thinking of him in that fucking IHOP compared to that scene in The Guest where he just walks in and casually throws those grenades in there. <laughs> it's the same energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a double man. that is a guy who when he sits of the down guests, but it's just Russell Crowe is also in that program <laughs> Russell Crowe is a guy yes. when he sits down he just goes <laughs> <laughs> when he stands up it's ah, no! 
<laughs> you sound like Drew Pickles Train. <laughs> Dad's rock, dude's rock. What else is there to say? Let's get into. I can't believe this is a dad's rights movie. It's just, it was there in plain sight the whole time. This dude murders all these people just because his bitch of a wife off screen probably fucks someone. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? All right, let's get into the game of games. <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> We don't have to, though. I mean, we kind of do, though. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, previously on the Game of Games, some stuff happened, and Chris got a lot of Dragon Balls. Hey, sure did. And there are, uh, three more Dragon Balls going out this week. So, uh, before we get to anything else, let's, uh, go ahead and take care of that. Let's see, we have the, uh, the Colts, who are one of Chris's teams. God. We have the Vikings, who are also one of Chris's teams. This is going great. And we have the Broncos, who are currently an unowned team. Now, before we continue, would anyone like to trade one of their teams for the Broncos and get this Dragon Ball? Yeah, can I just not have the Cowboys anymore? That'd be fucking sick. (laughs) That's not as funny as it was in week one and two. (laughs) Chris, would you like to allow this switch? Like, would you like to bid on the Broncos as well? Uh... No. All right, so Parker's going to get his Dragon Ball. He'll take the Broncos. Shame about our new community team. <laughs> <laughs> just have to play there, buddy. So we got I one mean, good one, one bad one. That's one A and one B there. That's a good point. But, yeah. uh, all right, so that's up to eight Dragon Balls for Chris, and two for Parker, and zero for me. Now, Chris, you will get your opportunity to make a wish, but a bit of housekeeping first. Let's get to the records this week. So it appears that my teams this week have gone seven and two, which I don't know if you guys know or not, but is pretty good. God damn it! Now Chris's teams—he had three teams on bye. That's a lot of bye week teams, and he came in at three and four, which is you know not as good, <laughs> less than ideal, but yeah, solid showing. An ominous feeling. Now we get to Parker's <laughs> about teams. me being last. <laughs> Parker's teams, which I will list off. The Patriots, the Bills, the Jaguars, the Titans, the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Seahawks. No. That's seven losses right there, so it appears that Parker has come in last place this week. That is unfortunate. You guys know how the rules of this part of the game of games work. Yeah, you get to Parker. Parker. Yeah. So, Parker, you completed, or you thought you completed... A watch of an entire series about a year ago and in that time there's been a new movie in the series that came out and you know i know how passionate the two of you both are about lists and completion Don't so you my gamer brain <laughs> you are gonna be watching american pie presents girls rules oh you motherfucker <laughs> i passed by that looked at it and went well there's no point downloading this i know what's gonna happen here <laughs> Well, you're going to have to tell us anyway. Because, uh, unfortunately, I guess they couldn't afford to bring back uh, Eugene Levy for this one. But they got what? they got Danny Trejo to play Janitor Steve Garcia. So you're fine. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Come on. I can't believe my birds let me down. <laughs> and also my birds. My birds? 
My birds actually <laughs> won me a lot of games this week. The Eagles won. Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah. yeah the, the Cardinals won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I own another bird team? Oh, right. I don't have the Falcons or Seahawks. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, correct. You don't. That's weird. weird. Wonder, wonder what idiot has those. That really makes you think, huh? Girls do rule, huh? All right. So, uh, our community teams this week, because this takes place, you know, before the switch, uh, we have the Steelers and the Broncos. The Steelers won, and the Broncos lost. So... You know what time it is. <laughs> God. Fuck, man. Alright, we'll do the Steelers first. We will do the positive one first, okay? That sound good to you guys? Mm-hmm. Alright, alright. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, I want you to imagine the three of us are on an adventure together. We've all been, uh, we've all been sent home. You know, we've been sent out after, uh, after we got home from school by our parents to go acquire some tendies. Been given a shiny dollar bill each go out to the tendy store we purchase our tendies for 99 cents and we have one shiny penny left over so we decide to go to the second hand store and see what's available now we walk the three of us all of us walk in together and the clerk greets us he says greetings welcome to my shop all of my wares are a penny the jedi but uh he 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 uh he brings out a cart with uh with three items on it and he says that each of us for a penny can choose one of these items. We see in front of us the following objects. A large burlap sack, a simple wooden door, a small cage, and the uh, the clerk looks at us as we eye up these items and goes, Also have the mystery item if you want the mystery. Now well, That's uh, a great Russell Crowe, by the yeah. way. I just want to yeah. applaud you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so uh, I'll go ahead and let Parker pick from the items first. Um, you can have the, the burlap sack, the very simple door that looks like it was created by a very weak punch. <laughs> or the cut cage. <laughs> or the mystery item. You know, the mystery is enticing, but anything could be behind that door. Alright. I gotta know what's well, behind it, man. It's a pretty simple okay. door, though. Okay, we, we set up the door. The man sets up the door for you. You walk through it. You realize you're in a time machine. Oh my God. You can send any player, including yourself, back to any period of time and place that you want. Parker, <laughs> I know you have a Millennium Puzzle, but, uh... <laughs> Chris, how do you feel about ancient Egypt? <laughs> do you enjoy that time period? Let me, let me, uh, let me answer that question with another question. Could I trade you a Dragon Ball for your Millennium Puzzle? <laughs> Absolutely not. You are not the king of games. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm in the I'm in the ancient pyramid for the first. You know, I got a real positive feeling about this. Yeah. Are yeah. You feeling good? Yeah. You know, I'm all feeling right. good. You know, Parker. He just doesn't know about ancient Egypt, but I respect Anubis. I respect cats and cat teams. So uh, I, think, I think. Let me correct you. I didn't know, but I've learned so much <laughs> these last couple weeks. You know, I, I I feel like Brendan Fraser right now. Yeah. So let's right. let's go through the uh, the ancient pyramid. All right, you That's quite the loaded statement. <laughs> you come to the first junction in the pyramid. <laughs> Choose left or right, buddy. Uh, let's go left. 
Alright, moving on to the second room. See, Parker, this is how it's done, okay? You, you hurdle some obstacles, you dodge some spikes in the wall, and you come to another another T intersection. Which way would you like to go? Let's go... Let's go left again. Alright, you're still good. Okay, so we are in the third room. The pyramid's walls feel like they're closing in on you. You, uh... Shit. You avoid some very suspicious looking uh, some sculptures, you know, have some swords that might fall on your head, some like punji traps that Via Kong probably set for you. you. Come to another crossing. Left or right, Chris? Why is a Via Kong in here? Don't worry about it. Uh, they also had doors. <laughs> I'm gonna go right. Oops. Ooh, you find yourself ejected from the pyramid. All right, you're going to be watching a movie called The Pyramid from 2014. <laughs> it's literally just called The Pyramid? Yes. It's surprising that we haven't watched this yet. Okay. It really makes you think. <sighs> Jeez, I don't know if I like pyramids very much. Oh, good. The first two more like this movies are that fucking zombie movie that takes place in Jerusalem and the Bigfoot movie by the Blair Witch guys. Oh, good. This will probably be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said 2014, and I, my brain immediately went like, oh, fuck, is that found footage thing, isn't it? <laughs> is that Great. a thing? I guess. Is there a found footage pyramid movie I don't know about? What did you assign him? Because it blacked out, like, right mid-sentence. The pyramid? Second. Oh, yeah, don't worry, that's a found footage movie. <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> well, that's what I get. Turns out I don't like pyramids anymore. Does that say from the director of The Hills Have Eyes, or does it say something else? Oh, it sure does. Oh. You know, the good one. Yes. The remake. And also Piranha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. All right. Uh, is it my... You said you respect Anubis, which is good, because you're about to become intimately familiar with him. <laughs> All, right, All right. Is it my turn to choose an item from the uh, mysterious shopkeeper who sounds like sure Russell Crowe? Yeah, you've got, the, uh, you've got the, the cut cage, you've got the burlap sack, and you've got the mystery item. <sighs> Let's go with the burlap sack. All right, you have found Santa's sack. Yes! Tis the season, brother. Now, here's how Santa's sack is going to work. You can give, or rather, you will be giving a gift to both me and Parker. Now, this gift can be anything you want, but because it's the season of giving, you'll be receiving a similar gift back after you have given your gift. So... So you could you could assign a movie to somebody and they could assign you one back. You could give them one of your teams and they can give you one of their teams back. Or anything else you can come up with. Hmm. Wow. Huh. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh tell you what, I will give Alex a movie. I wanna give okay. you uh Dolomite is my name, because I don't think you've seen it yet. Oh, I have not, and yeah. that is something that I really want to watch, so thank you. Yeah. I don't I, know how I haven't seen it yet, but... I, 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 I hope you'll give me a good movie in return. In return, I will give you a good movie, because the season of giving requires such. And by a movie, I mean a show, because it's time for you to watch Neo Yokio. Alright! Too hey, much time has gone on. We need to talk about Neo Yokio yeah. on this podcast. Alright, thank you. That's a good point. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Got Parker. Uh, Choose wisely. 
I wonder just how bad you can hurt me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, have, I found something earlier today did, that I need to check the runtime on. Oh, did you? Uh, tell you what, go, go ahead and check the runtime on it. I want to know. Oh, it's short? Well, the movie that I found is pretty short, too. Oh, it's, it's only eight minutes. Never mind. Oh, oh, never mind. In that case, you better keep looking to, for something to assign me, because I'm going to give you the Woody the Woodpecker movie. What the fuck? All right, well, that was fucked up. <laughs> I've assigned you so much good stuff. Well, that says shit wrecked. Diablo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I don't learn very quickly, do I? I'm just going to ask you the question I was going to ask you earlier. Do you ever see Jennifer's body? I have not seen Jennifer's body. Jinkies. Alright. I think he's going to like this. Yeah. He honestly might, but he, or he will absolutely despise it. That's a good point. I, it could really go point. either way. Is that the, the Megan Fox movie? Sure. Yeah, is. I saw yep. bits and pieces of that when I uh, was at a friend's house. <laughs> And everyone was hung over except for me, and they're just like, let's just have this on. I'm like, you know, I'm good. I kind of want to go to Taco Bell. So. <laughs> this could really go a variety of different ways, well, but I figured... Well, you know how I feel about Diablo couple, Cody, so... There's a couple landmines I could have thrown out there, but, you know. Well, we'll see how this works. We'll start here. Yeah, you like birds anyway. You're bird teams. Oh. I do, in fact, like birds. All right. Now it's my turn to select an item, and as I know what is in the cut cage, which is of course the weed rat. I thought it was good. No, I will be, I will be rolling Fuck. for the mystery item. Unfair! I thought it was going to be Evan. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it! All right, well the man walks into the back of the store and presents me with Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> <laughs> now I can use this once a week. And once a week, I need to choose odds or evens on the dice. If I choose correctly, I have discovered content from the Ukrainian government that I can assign to one of you. And if I fail, then one of you has discovered oppo research on me and my humongous dong and can assign me a movie in order to not go to the press with it. So I hate watching movies with my big American penis. Also, I have to roll this every week, as it says right here on the thing that I wrote. So... Jinkies. I guess I did so, go alright for this. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that's a effect next week because I don't have anything prepared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, alright, moving on to the bad dice. <laughs> Fuck! That was just the good dice! <laughs> we got items, dude. Don't tell Josh. I'm watching Woody the Woodpecker. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so here's the thing. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, as you guys know, we ran into the manicure a couple weeks ago, uh, not and uh, he is generally pleased with uh, with the sacrifices that have been made to him. Okay. Although he's apparently very disappointed in me for not giving him anything yet, but there's still time, because uh, we've run into his unk unk, the bigger manticore. And he says, he says, he's going to give us a chance to pass without having to watch another Manticore Punishment movie. But in order to do so, we each need to pick one of our teams to send into battle. What does this entail? You'll see. 
No, I don't like when you say that. <laughs> okay, I I will go first. How about that? I'm gonna send the Saints in. Uh oh. Okay, if Alex is gonna wait, are the Saints good this year? <laughs> Questions <Mark>. to say. <laughs> Shrug. Can you tell me who my teams are? I forgot again. All right, Chris, your teams are the Jets, Dolphins, <laughs> Bengals, Colts, Raiders, Chiefs, Giants, Lions. Vikings and Buccaneers. Alright, send in my Lions. Count the rings, bitch. Sending in the Lions. Alright. There's literally two good teams this year, huh? That's, yeah. Man. We say that every year, but holy shit. Alright, my Seahawks, let's go. Alright, so how this is gonna work is uh, we're gonna add up the win totals of these teams. So, the Lions have three, the Saints have four, and the Seahawks have five. Wait, three Super Bowls or wins? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've only got a D20, so, you know, it, it, can't, it, it can't be Super Bowl wins. But uh, I believe that gives us a grand total of 12 wins between us. That's that's a high number. It's a high number, so I'm going to roll this D20. And if we roll a 12 or lower, we are safe from having to please the Manticore again. Okay, I think the odds are pretty good here. I'm also happy to pick the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That is a six. We are good. Hey! Alright. Goodbye, Hong Kong. Now, uh, Chris, if you would like to use your Dragon Balls this week, you can. Freaky Uncle Manticore. Uh, I actually don't have anything for this, so I'll, I'll save it. That's fine. You can uh, you can hold on to him for next week. It's yeah, I gotta be careful because the the Dragon Balls have been stolen from me in the past. <laughs> you, oh, yeah, you do have an extra Dragon Ball right now, so oh, that's a good point. A Actually, uh, I do I do have one. And considering how far Parker is behind on his watch list, almost as far behind as Alex is, uh, I'm. But I've been watching only the garbage. To be fair, that's, yeah, that's true. Uh, tell you what, last season was it last season? It was either last season or two seasons ago? I assigned Parker all of uh avatar the last airbender um and he it took him uh maybe 13 months like to get it. around to it like it it was like two years yeah. ago. <laughs> uh well i'm gonna do something similar now this is probably something you're gonna get around to anyway but i, I will use my wish on this to hopefully kickstart this uh i want you to watch season five of samurai jack which is my personal pick for the best season of any television show I've so ever seen. So you want me to watch five seasons of Samurai That Jack. is correct, yes. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yes. Hey man, at least That's it's not Bagley. I can personally tell you that it will be worth it. So now I'm down to right, one. That's not going to happen soon-ish. But that's yeah, that's, that's fair. Happen. Yeah. It will happen. Do not let her binge the entire thing without you. Oh, no. That could happen. <laughs> She will not take this. And again, it's totally worth it. I had such a mean pick for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep that for next time you assign me a talking animal movie. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, that was the game of games this week. Okay. Uh, What are we doing next week? Fucking Woody Woodpecker. No. Next week's episode, Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> no. Oh, sick. Thanks. We all get to have fun with this. Let me see what we got here. Oh, look at Cry Wolf just sitting there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Waiting to be watched. All right. Cry Wolf. Put that on there. Cry underscore wolf. <laughs> that is a film. 
All right. Uh, join us next week for Cry underscore Wolf. I'm excited because I know you'll read the IMDb trivia and you'll just be parsing over like, AOL instant message viral marketing. What? And you'll have to dig deeper. And that's the tea, sis.